Hello and welcome to the first fantasy review of the season. It is the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here's always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, I'm sorry I flubbed the word review, but it's okay. It's okay. It happens. But how are you? How are you doing? Interesting day. It was an interesting day. I felt like the one to four o'clock games kind of dragged a little bit. I thought the four o'clock window absolutely flew. Uh, Giants game was great. Uh, the Chargers Raiders game second half was great. Packers got pumped in typical week one fashion. Kansas City looked unbelievable. And we'll talk obviously more about them. But yeah, we had a lot of a lot of duds, a lot of studs, couple a lot of bumps, games. and a lot of bruises. In, couple uh, drunk in, in week one, couple drunk games. Oh yeah, yeah, a, a, a lot of a lot of drunk games. But I don't really think they were. Well, we also have to talk about Thursday, and Thursday is going to be a a, a hot a hot way to start this show. Oh Thursday, I got, I have some things to say. Okay, well, I guess let's just get into it then. So. Well, before we do that, actually, I want to preface saying that we're recording this with 8.07 to go in the third quarter of the Sunday Night Football game. Correct. So we will not be talking about that at the moment. Um, Correct. I mean, maybe I'll, I'll touch up on Sunday Night Football and then Monday Night Football on the waiver show on Tuesday. Cool. So, yeah, Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Thursday was good for some things. And... uh Basically, if you're a fan of the Rams or had any Rams, Thursday was not a fun day for you. Well, if you had Cooper Cup, you had a great day. Yeah, but everybody else was terrible. Yeah, there was one. There's there's just one we need to talk about. Yep. Bird, how close am I? How close should I be to quitting fantasy football altogether? Because Cam Akers, because Sean McVay doesn't know how to use Cam Akers. I was getting ready to pull my hair out. Uh, I'm, be, I'm being really honest. And then for, for Sean McVay to kind of throw his running back under the bus a little bit, um, that's not good. That, that, that's, that's not good. So uh, I, I am definitely nervous about Cam Akers going forward. Um, I really would have liked to have seen Cam Akers be more, more utilized especially going into a really, what should be on paper, a really good matchup next week versus Atlanta. And now it's really a question of, can you start Cam Akers? Can you really start Darrell Henderson? Because you, you don't, you don't really know. And yeah, it's going to be a get right game for, for the Rams. I'm sure. I mean, Cooper cup, I'm sure is could still be incredible. Uh, Allen Robinson, only, only two targets. Like are, are we for real? You paid you paid Allen Robinson multi years fifty some odd million dollars for him to have two targets in a game where you're losing and losing big, like come on, it silly. So I don't know what the Rams were trying to do. Uh, I think Sean McVay at times thinks he's like the smartest guy in the room, and and make no mistake about it, Sean McVay's Super Bowl winning head coach. You know, he, he's, he's earned his cred, but I just think he tried to do too much with too little. And I mean, especially, you know, when, when the game is over, why not give Cam Akers a run? What, what, what are you trying to prove at that point? Like it just, it didn't make, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. It still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, so I just started actually my, 
my week two ranks. I started them a little while ago. And right now I have Cam Akers as my RB23 and Darrell Henderson, my RB34. Which like which pains me, which pains me because normally I would want to put Cam Akers as like a top. I would I would want to rank him as a top 20 option, and I I, I just can't do it. In an ideal scenario, he is, but at this point, like what did how bad did Cam Akers look in camp? And I mean, I don't think he played preseason because the Rams don't play a lot of their like good players or signed players in preseason. But I mean, this guy started for you throughout the playoff run. Came back early from an Achilles injury to pl- to play the playoffs and win a Super Bowl, and you're just going to throw him to the wayside. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, listen, if this is a scenario where K Maker has got like ten or twelve carries and he just wasn't do anything doing anything with it, then sure, you can say, oh, this is probably K Maker's fault. You know, he's not looking good at all. But he just got no opportunities. He got three opportunities. One of them, he made something out of nothing. He was a magician, uh, turning a six-yard loss into a into no gain. And then the other two times, he was stuffed at the line because of the Bills' defense. I mean, how can you possibly blame those plays on Cam Akers and be like, you know what, we're going to put in Darrell Henderson? Unless there's something else going on behind the scenes, because that would be the only thing that you can theorize about this. Well, the plan could be that they're trying to ease him back into it, and, and that's entirely possible. They didn't want to feed Cam Akers to the Wolves against Buffalo. That That is entirely possible. Um, I believe you if he didn't play throughout the entire playoffs. Right. That's that's also part of the problem. Is Cam Akers had three games to come back. He had four games. Four games to come back and, and, and prove himself. And I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's not good. It's, it's not good. Um, I'm still, I'm still on the cam makers bandwagon. I'm not hopping off of it. Um, I definitely would recommend to any managers out there that maybe have holes at running back. Maybe you lost Elijah Mitchell today and we'll get, we'll get to Elijah Mitchell. If you did lose Elijah Mitchell and you're looking to buy low, maybe on somebody, Cam Akers is a fantastic buy low right now because uh, honestly, you could have you could have Cam Akers managers that are that are panicking. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe you see you see James Robinson's on your bench and he had two total touchdowns today. We'll get to him as well. Um, maybe you turn James Robinson into Cam Akers. I I, I would be personally doing that. Um, if I was a Cam Akers uh, manager, I would not be accepting that trade, but maybe you potentially do that. Some, some, somebody like that that had a, a monster date today. Maybe maybe a Cordero Patterson for a Cam Akers. I think I think that is one that's actually a, a pretty good one, or a Miles Sanders for a Cam Akers. I think it's a, those are two really good ones. What about Curtis Samuel, who had a great game? Please stop that. <laughs> Please stop that. N- never. Never Curtis Samuel. I don't know. I mean, they're – okay, we'll get there. Or will we? We'll get there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The the other thing, anything else for the Rams? I don't really have anything else for the Rams. It just was not a good game all around. No, Matt Stafford Stafford was meh. Matt Stafford was meh, but he was was only my QB 15 for last week. So uh, I'm not, I'm not too worried about Matt Stafford. It was a tough matchup. Should bounce back in, in week two. Not worried about it. All right, and for Buffalo, I mean, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, great, great games from uh, both of them. Gabe Davis also, it seemed like he was getting a lot of the early work in that game for sure. 
And he might be a, a bigger part of this offense than people kind of imagine where he's the number two instead of uh, being maybe a three or a, a two B or something like that. Oh, he's two. number two in this offense. He's number yeah. two in this offense. No doubt about it. Um, I mean, I had him projected as that coming into the year that he was going to be the number two here and he proved himself got a nice, nice touchdown, nice touchdown grab. Um, and, and Davis, you can continue to roll. You can continue to roll as, as a pretty steady uh, wide receiver too. In my week two ranks, I have Gabriel Davis as my wide receiver 24 uh, at this moment. So just as a, as a uh, second wide receiver, but the story really here is Stephon Diggs because he did not have a game like that all season last year. And, not to mention he did it against Jalen Ramsey and he made Jalen Ramsey look ordinary, look very, very ordinary. You had people thinking that Jalen Ramsey was like past it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were like, Whoa, wait a minute. I digs digs looked incredible. Digs looked incredible. He's top five receiver for, for next week. They play on Monday night too. BTW uh, continue to roll at Stefan Diggs without any problem. Yeah, I think another big storyline for a guy that people had a lot of high hopes for as a sleeper, James Cook did not look good in this game. One carry and he fumbled. That's uh, that's a great way to get into the coach's doghouse. Uh, I'm still not worried about James Cook. It's it was his first first game. It's going to take time with him. Uh, Continue to stash him. I hope you didn't play him. Yeah, no one in this podcast told you to play James Cook. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I think we all knew, like we, the two of us and Jake all talked about like James Cook's not going to be the guy week one. It's still going to be Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. We we all know this. So it's just a wait and see kind of approach with uh, James Cook. I mean, it's good that he was able to kind of get into the action at least once, I guess, but um yeah it's just i wouldn't look too deep into this yeah and and singletary looked fine zach moss looked like zach moss so they're the number one and number two right now james cook is still very much number three um eventually eventually james cook is is in fact going to get his uh his opportunities and then josh allen is josh allen you know that's it's really it's, it's as simple as that he's just he's a cheat code he is, he is a cheat code at the position. It's it's stupid. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to another game that a lot of people probably want to listen to us talk about, and that's the Steelers and the Bengals. This drunk. game, <laughs> this game was drunk. This drunk. game was. If there was any, if there was any game that I would have wanted Ian Eagle to be calling, it's this game. He is fantastic, and this game was crazy. Uh, starting off with the Steelers, Mitch Trubisky, I guess he's going to be the guy for, I mean, that's what Mike Tomlin says. He's going to be the big guy for the whole season, uh, barring any, anything crazy. And then they have to bring in Kenny Pickett, but the team looked kind of average. Like they were good. A lot of it was the defense of Pittsburgh because they feast on the, uh, tur- the turnovers from Joe Burrow, five turnovers, giving them, giving them short fields. And so that's kind of what you're looking at, but really, you know, there's the injury to Najee Harris, which I'm sure you, you want to talk about uh, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, I have an update on that one too. 
I'm actually I'm actually in the middle of getting an update right now. And then uh, I mean Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth look really good. And other even than Chase, that, even Chase Claypool, even Chase Claypool looked looked all right. Yeah. All right. So then, what's your what's your insight on Harris? So uh, Najee Harris, it is looking like it's a high ankle sprain for him, which there was some speculation that maybe it was a reaggravation of his Liz Frank injury that he had had throughout training camp. I'm told that's not the case. I'm told it is a brand new injury and that is a high ankle sprain. And the thing with these high ankle sprains is that they don't go away. So that is a big, big, you know, go on top of Mount Everest, wave a red flag sort of thing now when it comes to when it comes to Najee Harris. Um, a, a, can you sell him? No, not really. What's his absence going to be like? I don't know. I don't know. He, he's going to have more exams and more uh, scans done tomorrow. It could be anywhere from two to three weeks. It could be four to five weeks. You know, they, they're, there's such a fluid timetable with an injury like this. Um, that right now it's very hard to say what the what the timetable is looking like with with Najee Harris and you know where do where does Pittsburgh kind of go from here uh, with the running back situation? You know they were operating with more of Chase Claypool was taking some taking some carries out of the backfield uh, towards the end of the game. I think he ended up you know leading uh, the rushing yards for Pittsburgh with 36 yards. And then it was uh, Najee, of course, then Mitch Trubisky. And then the only other guy that got carries for the Pittsburgh Steelers was Jalen Warren. Now, is he the clear-cut handcuff to Najee Harris? He might be, but it's really hard to say at this moment in time, you know, what what the deal is going to be uh, moving forward with Pittsburgh and how they're going to be ranked. Uh, that's one I definitely have to do more of a dive on. Um, over the next couple of days just to figure out how you go and approach the situation. I'll definitely have more on the Steelers running backs on the waiver show on Tuesday. Also of note, I mean, it is such a copycat league. How many teams did you see where they had receivers taking snaps and carries out of the backfield? Yeah, I could see, I can name like maybe four or five off the top of my head where you had, I mean, Tampa Bay in this game that's going on right now. Uh, Washington with Curtis Samuel, Debo Samuel, of course, Cordero Patterson, and then, um, hmm, and then the Steelers with Claypool. So yeah, it, it really is a copycat league. So you, we might be seeing this more often, you know, where you have receivers taking the ball out of the backfield. So it could be interesting. I think Chase Claypool could be an interesting add on waivers this week. I, I I really really do. I think he could be someone that, um, if you're having a hole at receiver that you need you need filled, if you're in one of the fifteen percent of leagues that where Chase Claypool is available, that could be, that could be a nice little add that maybe that maybe you uh, you go after. Um, that would be one at least that I would try and target if you're in the, if you're in that level of league where Claypool is available. Yep. And the Bengals. Oh my God. The Bengals. I mean, Joe Burrow salvaged his day with those two touchdowns uh-huh. and the 300 yards. Yeah. Because there was a point where I'm just like, am I going to get anything out of Joe Burrow? Because I have him in the guillotine. And I I'm can like, tell you right now, I was, I was cursing Joe Burrow uh, for the first half of that game. I was saying like, some not nice words. It was like every time the Bengals 
it looked like they were going to do something well, get into the red zone, get a score a touchdown. Joe Burrow would throw a, an interception. I mean, the one he threw to TJ Watt was kind of like, you kind of have to tip your hat because it's like, how the fuck did he even do that? Like, how did TJ Watt even pick that ball off? But uh, some of the other ones were like, oh my God, why? You know, this is not something you would be, you'd be expecting from uh, Joe Burrow. But uh, yeah, he definitely did save save his day. I mean, Jamar Chase more more than anybody saved his day uh, yeah. with 10, ca- 10 catches for 129 yards and the touchdown. Huge day for wide receiver ones today. Jamar Chase, Michael Pittman, Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, to name a few. A monster day for some wide receiver ones out there. And Jamar Chase was was near top of the list. And of course, you have to include Cooper Cup on 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 thursday aj brown as well had a monster day we'll talk about him later great 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 Devontae adams Devontae adams yeah how oh my god how can i forget Devontae adams uh even tyree kill a very a very good day uh for him but chase unbelievable help that it was a negative game script pretty much all throughout they were trying to you know claw their way back help them big time uh a really really positive showing from from jamar chase uh, definitely keep an eye out, although on on T Higgins, he does have a concussion, and he right now they're be I'm just being told he's day to day, so they there it's possible that he plays uh, Sunday versus Dallas, and it's possible that he doesn't play Sunday versus Dallas. It's it really is it's a day to day fluid situation, and I just want to report as well that for the first time in the second half, Dallas is over midfield. That is a fucking miracle. It's not even well, looks- it's not even like it's not even that I'm mad at this. I'm disinterested. And when I'm disinterested, that's but that's possibly even worse. Like yeah. it doesn't fluster me. I'm good. Uh are you done with the Bengals? Do you want to talk about Joe? I mean Joe Mixon had a good day, also Mixon a really good. good day. Yep. Mixon was good. Mixon was mixing. Yep. Very solid, very steady. All right, uh, let's move on to the Niners and the Bears. So let's get the the real shit out of the way. Speaking of drunk, yeah. Speaking of drunk, well, speaking of liquid, yeah. This game, yeah. <laughs> this game was wet. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, uh, there was there was some B roll in the uh, during the Sunday night game of Justin Fields just doing a belly flop slide. Amazing. Amazing. Hilarious. That's that is a meme that you will see for years. Honestly, it made me want to do it because it just looked like so much fun. Oh, I've done it countless times. Countless times as a child, Adam. Countless, countless, countless times. That's a me that we will be seeing for, for forever. Um, to be quite honest, there isn't really anything with the bears that is like that's super. Nothing wowed me. Maybe the Cole Komet zero, I was a little bit like mm, about, but you could also talk about the weather and then say, you know, Darnell Mooney with only one catch, Cole Komet with a big fat zero. I mean, it's also the Bears. But at the same time, did we really learn anything about Chicago? Not really. I think we learned more about San Francisco than we did learn about Chicago, if I'm being honest. But even then, I don't really think we learned a whole lot about either team. 
given the conditions that they were playing. And I think it was just a sloppy, sloppy game all around. Yeah. And like, you can't put this on the quarterbacks just because of how terrible the conditions were. I mean, Justin Um, Fields looked okay. Looked pretty good in the second half with those two touchdowns that he threw. I mean, some of the coverages from the 49ers were just, I mean, that touchdown of Dante Pettis, there wasn't anybody within five miles of him on that touchdown. No. When he caught it. There was no one within five miles. Dante Pettis revenge game, by the way. Um, Yes, that is true. I saw, I heard that in red zone. I was like, oh my God, that's right. Dante Dante Pettis revenge game. Um, I mean, with, with, with Lance, I mean, there is something to talk about there. I really don't think Lance looked that good passing the ball. I mean, 13 carries just by himself. Again, it's what we talked about all offseason with Lance. He's going to give you the solid rushing floor. But anything that he has with his arm is a completely unknown entity at this point. We didn't know coming in what Trey Lance was going to be like. Then add the fact that we knew there was going to be weather in Chicago. It, it, it was not a very good recipe for success. I did not start Lance for that reason. I did not want to start Lance for that reason. And I did not do it. I don't blame you. I but think again, one thing, you, you yeah. go, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. There's one thing I wanted to add. Even yeah. with like, even with Debo and the shitty day that it was for Debo, even though he scored, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm not really taking anything with a massive grain of salt from the San Francisco point of view. Um, Elijah Mitchell, on the other hand, there is talk that there is a potential MCL or meniscus situation involved with Elijah Mitchell, and that could be a big problem. Well, that could be half the season. Yes. Yep. If it's torn, it, I don't know if it's torn or if it's sprained. I have not heard um, any information of the sort. I've just been told that it could be a uh, MCL meniscus situation. He's going to have an MRI tomorrow. Well, this is why you handcuff people. Correct. And the handcuff, the handcuff here is Jeff Wilson, for yep. sure. Jeff Wilson Absolutely. is going is going to be a very popular waiver ad once again. Yep. Uh, the one thing that was interesting on the subject of Debo is that he's still getting, I, I, I didn't think he was going to get as many looks out of the backfield as he did last year, just because I've, I always thought like we always heard that that those were, or that was uh, something that he wanted in his contract or when he was negotiating his contract, he just didn't want that role in the offense anymore, but it was still kind of there for him. You know, he scored on the ground. He only got, eight targets through the air and caught two of them. And he had eight rushes for 52 yards. I mean, he's good at it, but it'll be interesting interesting to see what his usage is going forward after this game. Definitely. Definitely. I, th- I think we'll have more of a sample size, you know, moving forward. I, again, I just think this was just a complete outlier for everything in San Francisco and even Chicago as well. Um, and, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we'll have a better idea of what, what each uh, situation is looking like uh, Debo. I still have as a top 10 play next week versus Seattle. So uh, I am not worried about Debo at all. All right. So next the saints and the Falcons drunk, also drunk, also intoxicated. Yeah. Taysom Hill. Look at, let's see your tight end do that. I was I, Adam. I won't even lie to you. I was angry. 
I was angry. <laughs> Let's see Travis Kelsey do that. Taysom Hill's the best tight end in fantasy. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and, and Adam, you know what's crazy? Is that Taysom Hill is probably going to be a very popular waiver ad in some places this week because he's listed as a tight end and people are going to say, oh, I could probably get quarterback reps at the tight end position again. It's going to yeah. happen. It's going to happen. Well, they fully converted him to tight ends, right? That's what they have him listed as on the depth chart, yes. But they are and still using him in that Swiss Army knife role. And I tell you what, if that continues at the tight end position, which is noticeably very thin and has been very thin for a long time, Taysom Hill could be a bit of a game changer there. If it continues, am I rushing to put him in my lineup for next week against Tampa? No, but is he worth monitoring? Yes, especially given the position that he's listed as. Quarterback, I have no interest. Tight end, I have interest. Yeah, well, so didn't did Jameis get injured in this game? Yes, for a bit. Yes, he did get injured in this game for a little bit. Came back and was fine. Uh, the two big stories though are. Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Yep. For, for two totally different reasons. <laughs> the opposite reason, essentially. Yes. Alvin Kamara looked pedestrian. You know, it was more of a split between him and Mark Ingram uh, in the backfield. And then Taysom Hill is Taysom Hill. Uh, and then Michael Thomas. I mean, that first touchdown catch was amazing that uh, he, he had. He had two touchdowns on five catches. And... Uh, I don't think Michael Thomas is back back, but you know, it looks really good. It looks really it looks, promising. Yes. Without a doubt. It looks very, very promising. Eight targets as well. Very promising. Second on the team, only behind Jarvis Landry, who by the way, great waiver wire ad Jarvis Landry this week, seven catches for 114 yards. Uh, Michael Thomas is, I don't want to say he's back to being a must start guy at the position, but he is becoming interesting. And I had, I had to start him somewhere. I had to start him because I had nobody else. And it paid off. Am I going to be comfortable calling him a wide receiver two next week versus Tampa? A low end one, maybe. A low end one, maybe. Right now I have, right now I have him as my wide receiver 23. Again, I don't like love it. But again, I think with more consistent performances from Michael Thomas, I think we'll be able to get more comfortable with potentially Michael Thomas entering the consistent top 20, maybe even top 15 discussion at the position week in, week out. Um, but encouraging, very, very, very encouraging after going into the half with only one catch as well. So I think the fact that he was able to you know, come out with – Five for seven and two is uh, very, very, very good. Alvin Kamara, on the other hand, woof, 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 woof. Only 12 touches in the game, 46 yards of offense. Eek. Against the Falcons in, in a matchup that was looking really nice for him. Did not come through again am i nervous about camara 
No, not particularly. But am I lower on Kamara going into next week versus Tampa? Yep. He's my RB11 going in next week as of right now uh, against against the Bucks. You're starting him if you have him, but you can't feel particularly great about, about this performance at all. I agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, this is really not, this is really concerning. I mean, it, it, I get it. It's week one, but people expected it, more out of him. It's not so much the rushing for me. That's the, that's the big concern. It's the fact of the matter that the saints, I mean, they were down in this game and he still, and Kamara only racked in three catches for seven yards. That's the number that is very concerning. Because Kamara has never been your in-between-the-tackles, even outside runner extraordinaire. He's never been that. He has been a target machine in the passing game. And even the little bit of Jameis Winston that we saw last year, Alan Kamara did have games where he was not featured heavily in the passing game. That was also with Sean Payton. Now it's Dennis Allen. Is Dennis Allen going to feature Alvin Kamara as that target hog in the passing game that Sean Payton did? We're going to have to wait and see. But yeah, I am definitely, definitely, definitely concerned about the usage with Kamara because if he does not have that passing game upside, I, I, I get nervous about what he could be because, he, again, he's not that in-between-the-tackle runner. He just is not that. Yeah. So moving on to the Falcons, your least favorite, well, second least favorite player in the NFL did, had an actually pretty good game. He looked good. I, I'm not going to lie. He looked good. He looked good. That, that's high praise coming from Bird about Marcus mm-hmm. Mariota. He looked fine. He he looked fine. He didn't do anything wrong. He did not cost the Falcons the game. His, the rushing was terrific. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, in I'm not, I'm not ready to say that Marcus Mariota is super startable in 10 team leagues, but in 12 and 14 team leagues, do I see, do I see an avenue for how you can start Marcus Mariota? Yeah, I could see it. If you're chasing that rushing upside. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cordero Patterson look good. Look good. Scored 22 carries. We've had three catches. Yeah, three catches. So 25 touches in the game. Terrific. You'd love to see that. Not a great Kyle game for Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Oh, what is it with him? And, and, and honestly, I don't think it's him. This is like the part that's the most mind boggling. The Falcons were able to figure out ways to use Marcus Mariota and Cordero Patterson. They revitalized Cordero Patterson's career. Yet a guy they drafted fourth overall, who is a matchup nightmare, that is a mismatch wherever you put him on the field, they can't figure out how to use him? It, it, it is mind-boggling to me. It really is. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I don't have a share of Pitts anywhere. So this isn't Pitts' owner that's frustrated. This is more, I see a guy that is just stupid talented, yet they can't figure out how in God's name to use them. It's, it's just like, what, 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 what does he have to do? Yep. I, I don't really, I don't really get it either. 
I mean, maybe it's the new quarterback. He just wasn't looking his way, but he had, you know, he had seven targets. So it means something, but I don't know. Targets are kind of like a, they don't, they mean whatever you want them to mean kind of stat. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. They mean what you want them to mean. Bingo. They tried to look for him, but they couldn't find him. So, you know, what's that? What's that hindsight 2020? Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about this jet game, huh? Oh, fuck. I hate this jet game. Uh, are any Jets besides, I mean, Michael Carter looked good. Michael Slaughter. Yeah, except he dropped a fucking touchdown in the end zone on yep. fourth and goal. Yeah, that's true. Stonehands, Michael Carter. <laughs> yeah. Jo- joined by Stonehands, Corey Davis. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Garrett Wilson did things when Mike LaFleur let him out of his uh, whatever, just let him out of his prison or Mm -hmm. purgatory. Yeah. I mean, the Jets, listen, I have have more investment, I guess, more insight onto what people are saying after this game and during the game because I'm a Jets fan and I follow a lot of Jets beat reporters. But, you know, you have guys like Brian Costello, uh, Connor Hughes, and Jake of the Jets Play podcast talking about how, like, this is the worst. Why aren't they using Garrett Wilson? Do they not trust him? Is that what it is? You know, and Joe Flacco just did not. He was okay. Like, he had a better game technically than Trevor Lawrence. But... Uh, he didn't have a good game. Like that was in garbage time. Like he didn't really have a good game. So with the Jets, I actually was enthused about one thing. The usage of both the running backs, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, especially in the passing game, Michael Carter with seven catches, Brees Hall with six, nine targets for Carter, 10 targets for Hall granted. This is with Joe Flacco, so you got to take it with a grain of salt for a guy that can't throw the ball, can't throw a ball more than ten yards, and be throwing a ball more than fifteen. It's taking every ounce of cannon that he has left. Um, I was enthused by it. I, I definitely was enthused by it. And I think Brees, you know, d- despite you know how shitty the Jets looked, and they looked very, very bad. Um, I think that there is some potential with starting Carter. And perhaps starting Hall in, in, in deeper leagues. But uh, Michael Carter, 77% owned on ESPN. If you can get your hands on him in the 33% of leagues, I would recommend you do it. Because, uh, yeah, 23% of leagues, excuse me, math. It's also 10 to 11. I'm exhausted. Um, if you could get your hands on Michael Carter in those 23% of leagues, I, I, I would do it. I definitely would do it. Because I think for right now, it does look like that he is the guy that the that Mike LaFleur at least wants to go to. Now, granted, could it have been because of a negative game script? Maybe, but I think the 10 carries, six carries also also speaks volumes as well. And I think both both actually look look pretty good. I thought Hall looked good uh, the little bit that I saw him. And I and Carter, I Carter was was I thought really looked explosive. Yeah, Hall did have that fumble though, which is not great, but no, definitely not great. Definitely not great. Um, but first game against the Ravens, tough matchup. It, it, it happens. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. So, and the Jets historically never play well against the Ravens. Look it up. They just, yeah. re- there are a few teams that the Jets just do not play well against historically. The Eagles, who they've still never beaten, which is the worst. Uh, the Ravens, who they rarely, rarely beat. That was the first game in MetLife Stadium, if you can believe that. 12 mm-hmm. years ago was Jets Ravens. Wow. And the I think the Ravens beat the Jets 10 to 9 that game or something like that. Barn burner. Yeah, absolute barn burner. Defensive showdown. That's when the Jets were good. With elite Joe Flacco at the helm. Yes. Well, well, the Ravens had elite Joe Flacco at the helm. Yes, the Ravens did. Ravens did. The Jets do not have elite Joe Flacco. The Ravens, who are fresh off of beating Tom Brady in the wildcard game the year before. Correct. Yes. Correct. So, anyway, uh, so those Ravens, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, uh, like this game took a while to get started. Where Very like, slow. Ha- very, yeah. very, very slow. It was only 10-3 at the half. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lamar Jackson really broke it open in the in the third quarter, yep. and the four and really the fourth. I mean, those two passes to Devin Duvernay were fantastic. Yep. And and that that bomb to Rashad Bateman. Woof. I know that was nice. Yeah. Uh, no J.K. Dobbins in this one, which nope. is f- interesting. Something to look to look into um, going forward. I wouldn't say interesting. He he had been he still is not a hundred percent, and it just makes no sense to throw him out there. Um, Kenyon Drake, though, eleven carries for Baltimore, owned in three point nine percent of leagues. He definitely is going to be someone that we're talking about on the waiver show this week, with, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do a lot with those eleven carries. No, no, but. But you're a running back, a running back in Baltimore. You're always going to have some sort of weight. Now, am I going to start him? Be rushing to start him? No. But I think if if you are a J.K. Dobbins manager and you are looking for who's the clear cut handcuff to uh, to J.K. Dobbins, the answer is Kenyon Drake for now until Gus Edwards is back and ready to go. Then it becomes more of a a clear a, a, a difference or a more tricky situation. There we go. There's the word. Um, but for now. If you have a hole because of no J.K. Dobbins and you need it, you need an answer and someone that can obviously help your team out. Kenyon Drake could be that guy, and he kills two birds with one stone for you. Yep. Uh, kind of a was is this a concerning day for Mark Andrews for you? No, no, I don't. I, I don't think so. I think I think the game you know just got to a point where uh, Baltimore was just more interested in in, in running it out. Um, I, I'm not worried about Andrews, not yet. Not yet, anyway. Um, and and Duvernay, two touch the two touchdowns were nice, but am I rushing to go pick him up off of a uh, waiver wire? No, no, not really. So he 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 definitely is one that I think I am. Uh, I'm definitely going to just recommend people stay clear of unless you're in you know pretty deep, 12, 14 team leagues. Then I think maybe he's worth a stab. But outside of that, no, not for me. Well, even then, it's pretty speculative. Adding him that way. Yeah, it's very speculative. And you're also investing in an offense where, you know, at maybe tops, tops, you're getting 35 dropbacks a game. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So, Pat's Dolphins, the biannual matchup of two teams that I hate. Ugh. Defense is disgusting. 
Yeah, the defenses did a fair amount of work, or the Dolphins' defense did a fair amount of work for them in this game. Yes. Uh, Melvin Ingram had that cool-looking uh, fumble recovery from Mac Jones. Uh, I believe mean, we'll start with the Dolphins. I mean, Jalen Waddle had a sick touchdown catch. Help me in the guillotine, big time. Did fans do that Waddle thing, like the Penguin dance yep. last year? Okay. Um, I don't know if they did it last year, but if they didn't do it last year, they should be ashamed of themselves because that's great. I love that. I hate the Dolphins, but I love that. Yeah, that was great. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, Tyree Kill had a great game. You know, you wish he would have scored, but what are you going to do? Nice day. Nice, yeah. nice day for Tyree Kill. And I definitely think that he maybe established himself as the one in this offense than Jalen Waddles to do, which is what I had him, which is what I had them uh, ranked as coming into the year. Yeah. But both had, pretty... both had good days. Both had yeah. good days. Um, I don't know how many days are going to be like that, but you take him when you can get him. Yeah. Um, it looks like Chase Edmonds is like the, I mean, it's more, it's probably more of a committee then we're making it out, then just like looking at the box score. But Chase Edmonds, it looked like he got a lot more of the work than, uh, than the other guys in this, in this offense. But uh, uh, I don't know. I would say Edmonds was the leader, but Edmonds, they didn't have much success running the ball in this game. So a little hard to say, but. The 12 carries for Edmonds to the five of Raheem Mostert is is pretty telling as to where Miami could could be at. Yeah. Uh the one worrying thing, I think, for a lot of people is probably Mike Kosicki, but that yes. could also be a game strict game script thing. Uh yes and no. Yes and no, because now you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle that are there that are going to command most of most of the work. And you know. 12 catches combined for both of them. And Tua Tagovailoa had 23 completions. And not good. And the dreaded number is one target as well. The only thing that we really needed was a touchdown. And it would have been a truly the most immaculate of immaculate stat lines of all time. Yep. It would be the perfect immaculate stat line. It would be the perfect immaculate stat line. Yes. And we didn't get it. Uh, if there is definite... Absolutely definite reason to be concerned with Mike Kosicki for sure. But that was the case coming into the year. There was obvious concern with, with Kosicki and it reared its ugly head in, in week one. Yep. And for the Patriots, um, Mac Jones. Good God. I Good know. God. I That's... mean, the only, the, honestly, we didn't learn anything for the Patriots. Okay. Maybe that, uh, well, Mac Jones now has a back injury. So, you know, that's that's not a good development. But outside of that, uh, David Harris got the first carry. That's good. But it but was then, basically split even aside from Damien Harris had nine ca- uh, carries and Ramondre Stevenson had eight. So I also think just on the eye, Harris looked better than Stevenson did. Well, the stats would say that too, because Harris had five point three yards per carry, and Stevenson had three point one. Stats stats would say that, but just based on watching the game and then watching it back uh, later in the afternoon, Harris looked better. 
because that was one of the things that I had actually I was looking out for was who was going to be the guy in this offense to to lead the way or at least stand out. And for me, that guy was Harris. Harris was the guy that stood out for me. Um, I wasn't particularly impressed with Ramondre Stevenson, if I'm being really honest. Um, do I potentially see Stevenson getting better as the year goes along? Yes, I do. Um, but to start, it 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 looked like Harris was was definitely the guy, and then and the numbers prove it that Harris was was the better of the of the receivers for um uh, better the running backs, excuse me, for for New England. Yep. Okay. I mean, I don't really think there's anything of note to talk about with the receivers. Devontae Parker is a little worrying. Well, let me ask you. Let me let me ask you this. Yes. Is there a Patriots pass catcher that you're comfortable starting in fantasy right now? No. Bias Honestly, aside, I don't think there is for me. Bias, listen, biases aside, fuck the Patriots at all. Biases aside, I'm not comfortable starting anybody on the Patriots right now. Like pass catching wise. I'm comfortable starting Harris. Yeah, but outside of that, no. There's nobody that caught a pass for the Patriots today that I'm like, yeah, I'm running to throw in my lineup. Maybe like a 14-team league. Other than that, like in a really deep league, I would be looking at somebody like like Myers, maybe. Maybe. Um, and Has to be PPR, you're... though, for Myers. Has to be. Yeah. But, like, you know, Hunter Henry did not have a good game. Mm-hmm. Devontae Parker had a He's terrible touched game. He's a touchdown or bust tight end. You, you know what you're getting at this point with Hunter Henry. He needs to score. And if there's no Mac Jones, then – you don't know what you're getting with Hunter Henry. So yeah, I, Kendrick... would, I would recommend trying to go out and find a tight end that maybe isn't as widely had to replace Hunter Henry. But then again, like with everything that happened this week, I don't really know like who's going to be out there. I mean, maybe, maybe Gerald Everett with the Keenan Allen injury, maybe that's the guy you go and target. I don't think it's OJ Howard. I I think that is just as fluky as fluky gets. So not him, maybe Tyler Conklin. I I, honestly, I think the one would be Gerald Everett. If I'm being honest, I don't think it's Tyler Conklin. I think the jets are allergic to using tight ends. I I think it's Gerald Everett. I think Gerald Everett probably is the guy. I mean, no no offense is available or you risk it for the biscuit and you go get Taysom Hill. You could taste them out 15.3 points. Uh, Gerald, Gerald Everett, 13.1% on. That's great. That's great. I, I would definitely maybe go look to, uh, to do that. The only thing is four targets, a little fluky. Yeah. Uh, okay. So next up is the tie. The first tie of this NFL season, mm-hmm. the Colts and the Texans. Yes. Probably the most lackluster overtime I've ever seen in my entire life. It was really boring. Bad. Just bad. Um, But Colts, I mean, there's really two guys that you are starting from this game in in fantasy today, unless you're in super flex with Matt Ryan. Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman, terrific. Nine for 121 and a touchdown. Fantastic. Continue to start him as a top 10 receiver. Um, Yeah. Like great, and he gets a great matchup next week versus Jacksonville. Love that. Jonathan Taylor, fantastic. My number one running back coming into the week, and terrific. Uh, great stuff. 
great stuff. Continue to start them. Continue to roll them out. What's there to say about Jonathan Taylor at this point? The Colts, the Colts are going to be easy. The Colts are going to be easy as long as their guys are good. Because Pittman had a good day. Taylor had a good day. Great. Awesome. We can move on. Yes. I mean, people are afraid of Naeem Hines, but Naeem Hines had three carries. And uh, I mean, six targets is something. But Jonathan Taylor had 31 carries mm-hmm. in this game. Workhorse. Yep. Workhorse. Now, in deeper leagues with the six catches from Naeem Hines and PPR, can he be useful? Sure. Sure. But if you're scared of Naeem Hines eating into any of the usage of Jonathan Taylor, I wouldn't be at this point. Please, God, don't be. Yeah. Uh, the Texans are a lot more interesting. Yes, very much so. Uh, the running back situation for starters, uh, Rex Burkhead and Davion Pierce, it's a lot more even than I think people initially thought. Well, crunch time, they went with Burkhead over Pierce. Yep. Well, the veteran over the rookie, I think is which probably is, what that is. Yeah, which is telling, which is which is very, very telling. You can't start Pierce until you get a sense as to that he's the guy. That I think is is clear now. Uh, he's got to be on benches uh, for, for until further notice. Like I let's see where do I have Pierce in my early ranks? My early ranks I have Pierce as my RB thirty seven. Yeah, very low on him. Very low on him. I need to see it first. That is that is definitely one of the biggest things that I learned today. Need to see it, and you'll get a pretty good sense as to what he's going up against next week, tonight, when he goes up against Denver. What? Tonight, because it's coming out tomorrow. Who's going up? Damian Pierce? Damian Pierce is going against Denver next week, yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. I was like, what? Yeah. What are they, they're not playing the Broncos. No, you're, you're going to get you're going to get a good sense as to what he's going up against next week when you're watching Monday Night Football tonight and you're watching the Denver Broncos. That's who Damian Pierce is going up against next week. Okay. I was like, what the f- the sentence? Is, this is a curveball of a sentence that you just look, did. Look at what Rashad Penny does. Okay. But Brandon Cooks, great. Continue to roll out Brandon Cooks. Yep. 12 targets, 12 targets. Lovely, 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 lovely. The next best, next best out of the receivers for Houston, three. Chris Moore and Nico Collins had three. The next best after that was Rex Burkett at eight. So it's clear Davis Mills loves him some Brandon Cooks. Fire him up. Why not? I mean, Brandon Cooks is a steady option. Yep. Ride it. Why that hot hand? And I think you already kind of touched on OJ Howard. So we can move on to the commanders and the Jaguars. Correct. Uh, This game really accentuated the fact that there were so many drops this week. Like really crucial drops. I mean, Travis Etienne dropped. There were two like pretty big ones, I think I can think of with Etienne. Where he dropped he touchdowns. Too. Yeah. That was rough. Mm-hmm. That was rough to watch. <laughs> yeah. But 
Um, I mean, James Robinson looked really good in this game. Of course, two total touchdowns. And um, Travis Etienne, it looked like they really wanted to get him involved in this game. But it just wasn't really like, I mean, part of it was, you know, he had an easy touchdown that he dropped. And then kind of just like he wasn't getting as much out of his, uh, out of the, out of those plays. But I don't know. Like ETN looked pretty good, I guess. He looked fine. Yeah, he looked fine. A little bit they gave him. I think they definitely are looking to ease him back into action for sure. Uh, given that he missed the entirety of last year with the ACL injury. But James Robinson, two touchdowns for him. I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable starting James Robinson because the the switch from Robinson to ETN can happen like that. But if you're in a bind, like if you're down J.K. Dobbins, maybe you have an injury to Elijah Mitchell. Uh, maybe you're worried about Cam Akers. James Robinson can be a nice plug and play option for you. Yeah. Well, I think that just James Robinson for right now, the early going, like he's getting more of the action. Like in the early season, I'd be more comfortable uh, starting James Robinson. Yes. Over yep. ETN. But yeah, next in, week, next week, Robinson will be maybe a top 36 play. He'll be, he'll be a flex level start. Yeah. Uh, Christian Kirk, actually not a bad game from, from him. You know, he really, he's the number one I got in that offense. It's what we said the entire offseason. They paid him to be the number one. He went in there as number one, regardless of how you felt about him. He is the number one in this offense. Draft him in the ninth round where he can. And boom. Great stuff. Great, great, great stuff. Not the best matchup next week going up against uh, either Stefan Gilmore or Kenny Moore. But hey, Brandon Cook just had a good day against them. Christian Kirk, maybe he can too. Yeah. In friendly confines too, mind you. <laughs> true, true. Uh, and then for the commanders, I mean. Great all my, around. Great all yep. around. Where do you want to start? My guy. Love credit. Love me some credit, Samuel. <laughs> if you want to pick him up, go for it. I have him in uh, which league was it? I have him in one league. Oh, I have him in the guillotine, actually. I have, him in, right. I have him in Dotson in the guillotine. So I was feeling pretty shitty for like half of this game when Curtis Samuel seemed to be getting all the work and Jahan Dotson was getting nothing. And then Jahan Dotson caught a, a random touchdown in like the second quarter and then he caught a late one at the end of the <laughs> game. So I was like, okay, this is fine now. I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, everyone everyone at Jacksonville looked good. Carson Wentz, 313 and four. Antonio Gibson looked very, very good over a hundred yards uh, from scrimmage in this game. Curtis Samuel, not a bad day. Terry McLaurin caught a long touchdown, 49 yard touchdown from him. Uh, a little, a little concerning that he only got four targets when, you know, you had Curtis Samuel getting 11, Antonio Gibson got eight, Logan Thomas got six, but they also were doubling Terry McLaurin. So that is something to also take into account. Um, so, You'll have better days from 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 McLaurin and next week versus Detroit. Another great matchup for him. Um, so I would expect Terry McLaurin to be very much in the startable range for wide receivers. I have McLaurin in my early ranks. I have him as my wide receiver 14. Okay. 
yeah, no, I, I don't have any complaints or anything about this game. It looks pretty good. Yeah. yeah for good Washington. Start. Good start for the commanders. Yep. It's weird though. Cause Carson Wentz as a, I'm sure that's happened like a million times, but it's weird seeing it where Carson Wentz essentially played the same team in back-to-back games, but he was on two different teams. Well, we did have one of the strange occurrences in the Carolina Cleveland game where it was the first time that I had a really hard time explaining this one, but it was two first overall picks that were drafted right. by the same team are playing against each other. No, that wasn't it. It was the first time that two number one overall picks that were drafted by the same team ended up giving and then receiving and being on the receiving end of a sack. Oh, that's what it was. The most oh. obscure stat that there is. That sounds that sounds like my kind of stat. No, it is a classic, classic, classic caster stat. That's hilarious. The classic caster stat. Um, yeah, interesting. But I guess we can move on to that game yeah. since we're here. Uh no, Kareem Hunt. Oh man. I mean the, the running backs for the for the Browns. Did just did damage in two different ways, really. Nick Chubb all on the ground, and Kareem Hunt through the air was uh, was fantastic, and you know pretty solid for Jacoby Brissett's first game. It's pretty simple with the running backs. If Nick Chubb is not scoring a touchdown, he is he is useless. Um, he needs to score that touchdown, and the 141 yards. Didn't help him, which, which, you know, sucks. 14.1 is fine, but he needed the touchdown. Well, really it's 15.3. Cause he had a catch for two yards, but still. Right. Right. But Kareem hunt was the, was the star of the show. Yep. But then Absolutely. other than that, other than that, Amari Cooper only having two catches was a little disappointing. Yeah. Well, he I'm did draw that. Donovan Peoples Jones with six catches. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. This offense is weird because we know that it's not going to be like this for the whole season. Mm-hmm. With that get with he who should not be named returning in against Correct. the Texans. Correct. So I mean, you're kind of just kind of you're just going with the flow at this point. Yep. If you have any pass catchers in Cleveland, you're riding with them until until Deshaun gets back and you're hoping that they just don't haven't buried you by then. Yep. Uh Carolina. Christian McCaffrey is back. He looked really question good. mark. Question mark. <laughs> question mark. Yeah, that <sighs> I mean he looked good scoring that touchdown. He looked that looked scary when he scored that touchdown. I was like, please don't yeah, break anything. <laughs> yeah, it did. And I think this was definitely an ease back into it sort of game for McCaffrey. Only 14 touches did score the touchdown. That definitely aided his day for sure. Um, but I think you'll see more the 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 grip kind of loosen up on McCaffrey as you get further along and there's uh less bumps and bruises with him. Robbie Anderson, who would have thought that Baker Mayfield was going to be the man to give Robbie Anderson a hundred yard day and DJ Moore would be left with essentially nothing. Never, never thought I lived to see the day. 
I know Robbie Anderson just has that has that effect on people. I guess so. I guess so. Um, am I rushing to go pick him up? No, no, not really. No. Well, we've seen this Robbie Anderson before, where he yes. he's amazing when one week, and then you pick him up, and then he, it's a dud the next week. We've seen this script before. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, nothing here. Nothing here for me with Robbie Anderson. People are going to go pick him up because he is Robbie Anderson, but for me, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, uh, Baker looked okay. You know, he, he had that fine. that great rushing touchdown. Yep, he looked and, fine. You know, nothing too crazy. Yep. Uh, okay, so Philadelphia and Detroit, I think, is the last of the early slate of games. Yes, yes, it is. So. Let's start off with the home team because I have things to say about the Detroit Lions running back situation. Sure. What the fuck is going on with this running back situation? I mean, DeAndre Swift. I'm aware. But why? I mean, should I? Is this a fool me once, shame on me? Or fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Because we knew that Jamal Williams was going to be the guy in close situations. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. And they've also, they've also hinted that they've wanted to really limit uh, Deandre Swift a little bit, just to try and keep him upright. So uh, that's not a huge surprise for me that it, it, it happened this way, but the 18 touches that Deandre Swift had when he was, he was absolutely terrific. 175 yards, total offense and a touchdown. Yeah. You take that on 18 touches. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I just wish it could have been more, but you know, what are you going to do? It's still good. Yep. Like still good. Could you start both of them? Theoretically, like theoretically in deep leagues. Yes. In yeah. deep leagues. Yes. But it's very risky. Very, very, very risky. Yeah. I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown finally caught a touchdown. He dropped a couple DJ Chark. All this game was really played with the drops. 12 targets though. 12 targets though for I'm on Ross St. Brown led the team. You love to see it. Yep. Absolutely. Love, 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 love to see it. And again, another number one receiver that had a really, really good day, much like the guy on the other side. A.J. Brown was just terrific. Yep, absolutely. I mean, fucking mind-boggling that Devonta Smith put up a donut. I know, on four targets. Concerning. Very, very, very concerning. Very concerning. Uh, Yeah, yeah. go, go ahead, go ahead. Not concerning is when was the last time I've ever I've never I've rarely seen this everybody that had a rushing attempt on the Philadelphia Eagles scored a touchdown yep a rushing Sanders, touchdown Sanders Hurts Gainwell Scott yep yep everybody everybody ha- did their did their part everybody did their part in, in, in this game to contribute to the effort in the rushing department for for Philadelphia Miles Sanders he looked good he looked good I mean it's against Detroit but he looked fine Jalen Hurts, the, the legs. I talked about it all offseason. Here we are again. But the story is AJ Brown. 10 for a buck 55. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be great. And as long as Jalen Hurts continues to be a consistent, could be consistent when he's passing the ball, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Um, I just want to see it maybe against uh stiffer competition when it comes to uh in the secondary, and they go up against um, Miles Sanders next week. So 
on Monday night, mind you. They go up against Miles Sanders. Minnesota, excuse me. Okay. Minnesota, thank you. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) And yes, and by the way, if I did say that there was a Monday night game already, because I did, there's two Monday night games next week. Oh, so what? Oh. Yep. Buffalo, Buffalo, Tennessee at 7.15, and then uh, Philadelphia and Minnesota at 8.30. Interesting that they moved. I think it was it like that. It wasn't like that last year, was it? No, it was week one. Week one had the double. It's no, u- usually is week one. I don't know why they did it differently this year. Yeah, they moved it. Yeah, now they moved it. Well, I I'm good with that because after week one of football, I'm like exhausted. Yeah, uh, I think it was a little concerning for people when Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott got the first two Eagles running back touchdowns, and everybody's like, "Oh, here we go again." We're never going to know who's going to score for the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. But I don't know. I wasn't too I wasn't too concerned. I saw Miles Sanders getting the rock and and that was that was comforting for anybody who has Miles Sanders. I don't. I don't. Okay. All right. The Giants and the Titans. This game was also kind of drunk. <laughs> There's one thing. One thing with each team that is worth mentioning. Well, for the Titans receivers, there is not a Titans receiver that I want to be starting in fantasy um, until we get more clarity. Robert Woods only having two targets is – I hope he didn't start him. I mean, I didn't. I did not tell you to start him. Um, Kyle Phillips, though, leading the way. He could be a nice little interesting look for anybody that has wide receiver issues in, in deeper leagues. But Derrick Henry, 21 for 82, nice. Nice, okay day. Um, big problem though is that he didn't catch anything. So, for legit football terms, it's fine, but he's got to catch something he didn't. 8.2 is going to hurt you, he's going to hurt you big time. But with the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, he's back. Holy shit, 24 touches, 194 yards, and a touchdown of total offense and a touchdown. My God, he can do he can. It, it, this is the Saquon Barkley that if he can stay healthy, this is a guy that can finish as the RB1 in fantasy. I think so. By the way, uh, I don't know if you saw, but Dak's injured. Come again, Dak. So, this is from Ian 16 minutes ago. Dak Prescott is now on the sidelines getting his throwing hand looked at by team medical personnel. I want to suck with Dak. So that way Mike McCarthy loses his job. I don't need Dak being hurt. And then we have to hear about, oh, Mike McCarthy angling for his job because he didn't have Dak Prescott. God. Oh, I'm boy. sure. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, Saquon did look really good. I mean, yeah, this is the guy that we're thinking about. Like, this is somebody that who, like, who was a first round pick in 2019. You know, mm-hmm. he was a top five pick in 2019. Yes. Yep. And he looked great. You got him as, as a steal this year because everybody kind of doubted him because he just didn't look good in 2021 and 2020. Right. Right. He looked yep. good. He looked, he looked great. So continue to roll him out there. Okay. And the 
uh, Raiders and the Chargers. Devontae Adams, what a great game for him. His first game with the silver and black. Mm-hmm. And Derek Carr. I mean, one more can you say? Another great week for number one receivers, except Keenan Allen, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Devontae Adams. So I do have an update on Keenan Allen, too, which I've yep. been working on. Um, Devontae Adams, though. He's the go-to guy in this offense. No, no further discussion needed. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, nice knowing you. Um, this is Devontae Adams' world, and we're just living in it when it comes to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. Simple. Simple. Um, with the Chargers, however, Herbert looked great. Austin Eckler, eh, not the best day at the office for him. He'll see better days. Mike Williams with two catches without Keenan Allen concerning but he'll be fine he'll get his opportunities not no reason to truly truly be in a panic keenan allen the update that i have on him is that there is a chance a chance that keenan allen plays thursday night that would be absurd personally i wouldn't do it personally if i am the chargers and they think this is a minor hamstring injury with Keenan Allen, and obviously tests will confirm that over the next couple of days. If they think it's minor and it turns out to be minor, they should be resting Keenan Allen and have Keenan Allen <clears> – oh, <throat> excuse me. Ugh. Have Keenan Allen ready to go for week three when they host Jacksonville in Los Angeles. That should be the projected timeline for him to come back but with these hamstring injuries. They are so tricky because the chances of a re-aggravation are through the roof and only go down the longer that a guy stays out. So yeah, if Keenan Allen comes back in week three, great, but there may be a 25, 30% chance that he re-aggravates the hamstring and we're back in this cycle, you know, over again. So, and he could be out for longer if he does that also. Correct. Correct. And they have to look out for, for the player. They have to look out for the team. As well, because this is the Chargers team. They want to push towards the playoffs, and Keenan Allen is a big part of that success if they are going to get there this year. So for me, it's a week-by-week situation with Keenan Allen. I I, I am 99% certain that we don't see Keenan Allen on Thursday, and then it's looking like you know you have to be on the, be on the lookout for, for week three and just kind of see you know where we're at there. Um, if, in terms of who the next receiver is, I would say it's probably DeAndre Carter, given he did score today. Uh, but even then, I'm not, I'm not like super convinced that it is DeAndre Carter. There's like three guys that it could be. It's it could be DeAndre Carter. It could be Josh Palmer. Uh, Jalen Guyton got a target. If I had to put I'd put a guess on it, I probably would be DeAndre Carter. But I'm not 100 percent certain. Yeah, I mean. If Keaton Allen does play against the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football, are you comfortable starting him? No. Like, yeah. Nope. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be either. I mean, you have a potentially 50% Keaton Allen. Like that's it's not gonna help you at that point. <clears throat> no. Hey, Keenan Allen on a pitch count either is 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 no good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh anything else for uh this game? Okay. Green keep, Bay an eye on Ger- keep an eye out on oh. Gerald Everett if you need a if you need a streaming tight end. I said that before, but I'll emphasize that again. Okay. 
Uh, the Packers and the Vikings. What a great game for Justin Jefferson. Oh, oh my gosh. My God. My God, I took Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup in a spot just because I really wanted to have Justin Jefferson somewhere. And my God, was that a fun experience? That oh, was fun. He was so open on plays. You want to talk this about is... that Dante Pettis catch where there was nobody within a five-mile radius? There was nobody in the Minneapolis metropolitan area. Where This is on... a... Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> nope, never mind. This is a Kevin O'Connell offense. The alpha is Justin Jefferson. He is going to be the guy that Kirk Cousins is zeroing in on. This is a lesser Matthew Stafford Cooper Cup in the making. My God, what a performance. What a performance. And honestly, it could have been more. It really, really could have been more. But the number number that's really, really nice, 11 targets. Wow. Love it. Yep. Love it, love it, love it. More six, of that, please. Six more than the next closest guy, who is Dalvin Cook. Yep. And Dalvin Cook also had a pretty solid day as well. Yeah, yeah. Very solid day. Over 100 yards from scrimmage was missing the touchdown, which which definitely did, did stink. Um, but Adam Thielen, he has to be on your bench. Yeah. Has honestly, to be on your bench. Maybe the best days of Adam Thielen are gone. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But yeah, this is definitely Justin Jefferson's show. And mm-hmm. if, in case you didn't recognize Dalvin Cook, he does have a new number. And yes, which I hate because Dalvin Cook is four and Alexander Madison is two. So both running backs who look exactly the same, have long hair, are single-digit numbers. Please, for the love of God. Were they both in the 40 or in the 30s? Like a couple of years ago. No, they were ago? in the 20s. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook was no, Dalvin Cook was 33 and Madison was 25. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It looks it just looks weird. Mm-hmm. Single digit numbers on running backs just look weird to me. Very weird. Very, very, very weird. But it's just because I'm not used to it. It's more, it's definitely a college thing, which is Correct. why Dalvin Cook is wearing that number, is the number he wore at FSU. Exactly. Where he FSU'd at FSU. Bingo. Yeah. And then moving on to the Packers. Oh, boy. This game was just not great at all. This is the first interception in, like, how how many days was it? Like, at least three, at least a year. Yeah. Against NFC North opposition for Aaron Rodgers. And he just looked terrible uh, in this game. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon looked pretty good. But... Aaron Rodgers was not, he just left a lot to be desired. I mean, Christian Watson dropped a really like right, right through his hands. Touchdown. Uh, I mean, he was, Rodgers was definitely missing Alan Lazard in this game. Just a, a familiar face in this game. I want everyone to calm down about the Packers. This happened last year. The Packers got absolutely smoked against New Orleans in week one. Aaron Rodgers went on to win another another MVP. Relax. It's okay. Rodgers had a bad day. It happens. He notoriously stinks in week one. It's okay. It's fine. No reason to panic yet. We're fine. I can, I'm not going to say anything about the Packers until I see them Sunday night 
at home versus the Bears, which, by the way, CSI needs to be on standby. A pissed off Aaron Rodgers in their home opener. Oh, against the Bears. Oh, oh. have CSI on standby immediately. Yep. Call the coroner's office. Get the medical examiner ready to go. Make sure he's working Sunday night. Double pay. Yep. We are going to see a murder. Yep. Double pay. All right. The final game of this slate, as Bird will be talking about Sunday and Monday night on the uh, waiver show, Kansas City and Arizona. Patrick Mahomes just looks like he never even left. Yep. Like, it's just, it just whatever. His back, midseason form for Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Five yep. touchdowns, over 350. Amazing. Clyde, though, that was something that surprised me. That was nice. That was nice. I like that. Yep. I like that a lot from Clyde. Keep doing that. Yep. Travis Kelsey uh, had a Travis Kelsey game, which is good. He's going to be a monster this season, isn't he? He's just going to be a, he's just going to be a monster. I know they took out the, the one major piece of competition that he had for targets. Yep. And now he's going to have, he's good. He's going to have like a 2000 yard season with, I don't know about touchdowns. that, but can he, can he have 15, 1600 yards? Yes. Oh, absolutely. He can. Oh, yes, break, he can. Break more records as a tight end. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. My goodness gracious. And Juju. Juju. He looked big. He looked big. That was like one of my biggest critiques with Juju is that he needed to size up a little bit. He did. He hit the gym. Like, bro, good for you. Good for you. He looked good. He looked really, really good. And with Patrick Mahomes, yeah, mm-hmm. that could be a problem. Yep. What's your thoughts on, or what are your thoughts on Isaiah Pacheco? Uh, he's, he's the handcuff to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's the handcuff. Could he have standalone value? Sure, but in a blowout game, I can't really say. Okay. I think this is more Pacheco. You know, they gave him a little bit of a run in, in a blowout. So worthwhile at worthwhile at is an insurance policy. But am I starting him? No. All right. Uh, the Cardinals. Greg Dorch. Jets. I'm pretty sure he played for the Jets. Did he? No. Uh, maybe. No, he didn't. Never mind. I was going to say, I never heard of him before today, and he's owned in uh, exactly 0.0% of leagues. That's going to change. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was good. He was good. Um, I just have a very hard time evaluating the Cardinals after a performance like that. It was bad. It was bad. Kyler did not look particularly good. Uh, James Conner got his touchdown, but outside of that, was pretty meh. To be to be honest, Hollywood got his touchdown, but again, he was also kind of meh. It was a tough day for for the Cardinals. You can't really assess them all too much. Hold on to your Cardinals. Don't panic. Yep, and should really be, should be a nice game next week versus the Raiders, though. I think that's going to be a really, really, really good game. Yeah. I think 
I mean, I was a little worried about Zach Ertz just because he was injured heading into this game and he just didn't get a lot of work in outside of catching the two point conversion on the second to last touchdown and then catching a touchdown of his own. So, I mean, you might've gotten Zach Ertz at a value because of the injury, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't know if it's worth it. Like you're not dropping him or anything, but no. he might be on thin ice for you. No. And he also was coming in with, with an injury. So there was questions about whether or not he was going to play. You, you, you can't be uh, considering cutting Zach Ertz right now. Mm-mm. No, well, you're just like, I mean, I don't know. I'm a little worried, I guess. Worried for sure, but he was coming in with an injury. So I, I'm not too concerned about Zach Ertz. Okay. He'll be fine. All right. Uh, any Anything else for these games or for this game? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castro, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.